All you have to do is look across Munfield to our basketball arena and you, you see how championships are made. Players play, tough players win. It's downtown, breaking with the basket up, and it's in! Defense by Michigan State is unreal right now. Dawson, out to Harris for a three ball, he got it! Check good, it's good! You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is the Impact E-Zone. With your host, Andrew Hayes. Hello, and welcome to the Impact E-Zone. My name is Andrew Hayes, your host as always for uh, for the for the for the only podcast here at the Impact that covers just. The Michigan State Spartan basketball team. And right now, let me tell you, it is a lovely job to have. Michigan State, yes, they dropped one in conference, but it's so hard to dwell on that Michigan loss when we have the Iowa win to focus on. We'll get to that in a moment. Right now, uh, this show, I'm kind of treating it as like the midterms of, uh, of the show's. We're halfway through the Big Ten season. Michigan State has played nine games. They're eight and one. They have nine more to go. Uh, with a uh, with a little breather this weekend against Georgetown, it's coming up on Saturday. First, recapping the uh, the past couple games, um, the Michigan game was a rough one. Uh, you know, Brandon Dawson broke his hand the night before, maybe it was two days before. Either way, not a lot of prep time to to uh, for for Tom Izzo and the uh, and the team to uh, to figure out who can step in and and fill his shoes, and they're not easy easy shoes to fill, especially when. When those shoes are so athletic, see what I did there? Athletic shoes. God, I'm on it today. Um, but to to their credit, Michigan State played just about as well as they could have under the circumstances. Uh, Gary Harris played just unbelievable in that game. It's really tough to say. And same with Keith Appling. Uh, his numbers weren't quite as good as uh, Harris's, but Gary Harris put up 27 points, five rebounds. I mean, played 38 minutes and guarded Nick Stauskas for most of those 38 minutes and played outstanding defense on Stauskas. The uh, the numbers don't really completely tell the story of uh, of Garris of Gary Gary Harris's um, his ability and and the way that he affected Stauskas in that game. Stauskas went seven for 12, five for six from three point, ended up with 19 points. But 12 shots for Nick Stauskas is really good. That's that's a testament to the kind of defense that Harris was playing. And in Harris's defense, Stauskas shot lights out. And I'm going to tell you what, as great a player as Gary Harris is, if Nick Stauskas keeps shooting the way he's shooting right now, he did the same thing against Purdue tonight, absolutely just tore it up. He, Nick Stauskas is the best player in the Big Ten. If he can keep it up, um, I don't think he's quite the defender that Harris is. But how often are are votes based on that? Ask Miguel Cabrera. It's about your offensive production, and right now Nick Stauskas's shot is flawless. I I can't. I it doesn't make sense to me that somebody's shot can look that good all the time, every single time he takes it. It's impressive. Um, the thing that really stinks about that Michigan State game, uh, Keith Appling. First career double-double, 10 points, 10 assists. 
but Michigan State only turned the ball over five times in that game. That's unbelievable. I'm going to play some of Tom Izzo's uh, press conference right now, post-game press conference after that Michigan game. Probably one of the tougher press conferences that I've had to sit through this year because one of the uh, one of the reporters mentioned something about how Tom Izzo was disappointed following this loss, and that wasn't part of the question, but Tom stopped him in the middle of his question and corrected his disappointed to crushed. So here's some of uh, Tom Izzo's press conference. Uh, I the the big thing that I that I really took away from it was, uh, I think his quote on uh, on Gary Harris is uh, is pretty awesome. Have a listen. Give Michigan credit; they made some big threes. But the difference in the game were a few big threes, especially early. Shot very well from the free throw line. Thought there were a couple big calls. One at sixty sixty. I didn't, you know, it ended up a three point play on their end. I thought Eppling got fouled. And uh, we just didn't have enough left to overcome that. But they made the shots when they had to make them. They made the plays when they had to make them. And in the 30 years I've been here, I've never been prouder of a team. I played guys that haven't played in a month. And uh, I had a lot of ball with a lot of guys. Keith Appling, uh, I can't tell you how much that kid sucked it up. Gary Harris isn't the best player on both ends of the court in the league, then uh, God bless whoever is. So I got a lot of ball away right after that. So learned a lot about my team. Had 150 guys back. I asked my players before the game, make them feel proud when they leave this place. If they don't, that's their fault because this team played as hard as any team I coached this year. Questions? will help us. Uh, I think it's going to help us Tuesday because uh, I had some guys that I questioned whether I'd want to go to war with some of them. I go to war with more of them today. And I completely agree with him on that on that Harris comment. Um, you heard a lot of other a lot of other stuff. His uh, his his faith in his team just following that game is is so much better. And I think you saw the product of that in that Iowa game. Um, but as far as Harris goes. It, you can't say enough about the guy because right now he is doing everything that he can to help the team in 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 a way that really he should never have to but because of the shortages and the injuries and everything that's been that's been dealt with so far he's playing out of his mind and Izzo has, has touched on this in the past um the thing that you worry about now with especially Harris and Appling is are you overplaying them and when everybody else gets healthy are they then going to come up with some you know just fatigue injury a bad hamstring a bad whatever but I give those guys credit because the moment you bring up any injury any ailment anything that could possibly physically be wrong with them both Appling and Harris dismiss it immediately because they know even if they do have something wrong, talking about it is not going to do any good. They're borderline in a in a in an NHL playoffs mentality right now. Yeah, it hurts, but oh well. Which is which I mean, that's I don't know, you can't ask much more of your team. Um but Michigan loss 
first loss in conference, still two losses overall. I'll take that at this point, especially when you consider Michigan does not have an easy schedule going forward. Um, they've still got to play, still have to play at, uh, at Iowa, at Ohio State. Um, other, I mean, those. I think those two games right there are, are where if Michigan is going to lose, it'll be in those games. They have to go play in Bloomington at, at Indiana. I th- that could be a trap game. After that, they play Nebraska. But the thing is right now, the Big Ten is just an absolute crapshoot. I can't figure out what the heck is going on. Uh, let's see, what was it? Uh, Wednesday night, both Northwestern and Penn State went into uh, Wisconsin and Ohio State, respectively, and beat beat the beat two – Two of the best teams probably coming into the Big Ten season. Two of the best teams we would have thought. But right now, the Big Ten is just in shambles. There's only three teams, Michigan, Michigan State, and Iowa. Only three teams in the conference right now above 500. How does that happen? It doesn't make any sense. And... I've said this before, but we kind of get into the the same conundrum that we get into with the SEC football situation. Is the Big Ten that good top to bottom? Where Penn State is a has a good program, but compared to the rest of the Big Ten, they're pretty lowly. But they have that much talent to where any given night they can go off and they can put on a show. Or is it these teams that we pumped up preseason – Ohio State, who started off, what, 16-0, and 15-0, 15-0, and they've now lost five of their last six. It doesn't, it doesn't compute. It doesn't make any sense. And the, when uh, I, me and my roommate were, were sitting there watching, uh, we were watching NBA today, we were, if if you by the way if you guys haven't watched Golden State and Steph Curry and what he can do holy cow that is an absolute show to watch anyway back to my job talking about college basketball Ohio State plays Wisconsin this weekend Saturday at noon and that is just two teams plummeting right now and i think honestly if you're either one of those teams you're happy that you're playing that game because you know that that other team is in the same shoes you are where it's and at the same time that can be scary because you know that team is just as hungry as you are and if you don't come out ready to go you're in trouble but i think ohio state definitely needs that win more than wisconsin obviously wisconsin right now at four and four ohio state at three and five been uh it's just been crazy in the big 10 right now so that's why I'm not too concerned with where Michigan State is right now. Moving to that Iowa game on the uh, overtime thriller, I that I'm so glad. It's not often that you watch a game and you say, "God, I'm glad I wasn't there." But being having to go and be professional at at Michigan State games is really tough, especially during games like that. 
because all they want to do is yell and scream and, you know, carry on like any other fan, but I'm a responsible professional, or at least that's what I tell people. So I have to just keep my mouth shut and just suffer quietly. And I was so glad that I could jump around my apartment and yell the F word and just, you know, do everything that I normally want to do when watching Michigan State basketball because that game was outrageous. Coming in, I I thought Michigan State would keep it close because, as I've said, their backcourt defenders are unbelievable. Mich- uh, Keith App- Appling and, and Harris are... I think they're the best backcourt defensively in the nation. There's probably better scorers, but they are unstoppable. And that's what keeps this t- this team in games. But the thing that pushes you over the edge when you have Gary Harris scoring nine points is when you're the big fella, Matt Costello, can come in, give you 30 minutes, pretty quality minutes too, and give you a double-double. The first of his career, he had 11 points, 12 rebounds. He had six offensive rebounds. He had two-in-one possession. And I think Iowa came in as one of the top five rebounding teams in the nation. And Michigan State tied them in rebounds. 38-38. to 38. Uh, it, was, it was a painful, ugly, brutal game. It was not, there were f- almost 50 fouls called, total of 49 fouls called. I think, uh, I want to say at one point, um, I think it, I think it was in the first half, uh, Iowa was shooting double bonus with like eight minutes to play or something like that. I can, I could go on another tangent about how these rules are outrageous and they need to let the game go. But I've already touched on that, as have a million other people, so I don't think we need to to delve back into that again. But the the performance from Matt Costello is beyond exciting, absolutely beyond exciting. Because when he because that was my question mark coming into this year, what is Matt Costello going to do for me, or what is Alex going to do? going to do for me but I think my my question to that or my answer to that question has already been given but if Matt Costello and I I don't need Matt Costello to be a double double guy every night I don't think he's built for that maybe he is I hope he is but at this point they do, Michigan State does not need him to be that what they need from him is give me eight points eight boards somewhere give or take three on both of those if he can do that, all right. Don't take a. Uh, it, okay, yeah. So if he could, if he could give me eight and six every night. Worst case scenario, eight point six rebounds. That's great. That's a huge contribution, and especially if half of those rebounds, like he did against Iowa, are on the offensive glass, outstanding. But here's one thing, and Matthew, Mister Costello. If you listen, first of all, give us a call. We'd love to have you on. Second of all, uh, please shoot the basketball because I, I I don't know. There were a couple times in the game where he straight up had wide open looks, three feet from the basket, and he didn't take them. And I don't know why because, I mean, the guy's got – 
he's got the size for it, both height and just built solid. So I don't know why he doesn't want to go up amongst the trees. He looks he looked tentative at a couple of spots, but I think I think that's just a that's just a, a, a result of uh, of him not having a lot of him not being the scorer of him looking to Gary Harris, Keith Appling, Brandon Dawson, not necessarily Brandon Dawson, but Keith Appling, Gary Harris, Adrian Payne. Those three. Those are your big three. Not the big three. Our big three. He's, uh, so I think it's just a mentality thing for him. And I just hope that he keeps that mentality once Adrian Payne comes back. Because if he can, Michigan State wins the national championship going away. That's that's my honest-to-God opinion because that's all they were missing. That's it. Just one more guy who can rebound and kind of sort of give them an inside presence consistently. Because Adrian Payne and Brandon Dawson can give you that. Don't get me wrong. But especially when Adrian Payne is such an, he's such an inside-outside threat, to be able to just have a guy who is a who is a pure post player, that helps because you can run an offense through him, and you can run all sorts of stuff with Adrian Payne setting screens while you work it down to Costello. And I'm just spitballing here. Matt Costello is a scorer and a major contributor on in on, in rebounds is huge. Now, let's hope he can keep it up. That's. That's always what I want to see. That's what I said when Kenny Kaminsky went on his tear. This is awesome, but let's see if he can keep it up. Because as we've seen, he has not kept it up. He scored five points against, uh, against Iowa. He was two of eight shooting, one for six from three point, 19 minutes of play. He actually got a rebound, which was outstanding. But... God, his defense. I'm going to keep harping on it because it I I just want everybody to understand why the from the beginning I was so tentative on on buying all in to Kenny Kaminsky because when he's one of six from three point and scoring five points in 19 minutes that's not that's not going to get it done and it's not I'm not going to call it a detriment but it's it's definitely not it's not an addition five points from Kenny Kaminsky because that's when you go back to the tape and you say okay how many points has he given up on maybe one-on-one defending maybe he didn't switch maybe he didn't help like he was supposed to but it's is his defense needs so much work and if that means maybe he doesn't make as many shots because he's stopping shots on the other other end I'm all for that because they don't really need if they can have another shooter, awesome. But defense is what will keep you in a Tom Izzo program. And I don't know how he can fix it. I think it's just got to be a lot of offseason work. And he he has improved. He looked decent against Michigan. He wasn't as painfully bad as he has been. But it, it still needs to get better. Um, and I think it will. And also, for 6'8", I would love to see him develop any kind of post game, Any kind of post game, Because that would... 
he already has the outside stroke. We know that. You com- you pair that. We've seen with Adrian Payne. What happens when you when you combine a solid post game? And granted, Adrian Payne's play down low is far above average. But all I'm saying for for Kaminsky is just give me an average post game. Keep that outside shot as pretty as it is, and defend. And I think he can be a major contributor moving forward. So let's get to the uh, let's get to the grades. Let's get to the nitty gritty here. I guess it's not all grades. It's one grade, and uh, and some some accolades for the players. Pretty uh, pretty big deal that uh, that some guy who quit playing basketball in eighth grade is uh, is telling telling some collegiate players, NBA prospects, just how well they've been doing. So hopefully they can they can handle the uh, the excitement of this and uh, and you know. You know, guys, if if you didn't make it, um, there's there's always next year. Um, so first of all, overall, overall grade for the team. For this is for the team for Coach Izzo for yeah the whole team overall how we've been doing. I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give him an A minus. The only reason I'm giving them giving them an A minus is because of the Michigan game, and I understand that they played shorthanded and all that, but I still think in a conference game at home against your in-state rivals, gotta have that one. And I know it's tough, but come on. Gotta gotta do whatever it takes, and that's not to say they didn't try. Uh, that that was like you heard in Tom Izzo's press conference. He was borderline in tears. I mean, he was. That was that was probably the best loss that I've ever seen a Michigan State team take. But still sticking with the A minus. Um, Best player so far this year. Uh, the MVP. I'm going to give it to Keith Hapling. I know everybody's going to want to say Gary Harris because he's the team's leading scorer and, and, and. But. I think I I, I, I don't have any numbers because I don't know how other than steals you quantify defense. Um, I'm sure there's some pretty deep numbers. But, I mean, Gary Harris has 37 steals, Keith Appling only with 38. Uh, Gary Harris averaging 18.3 points a game. Uh, Keith Appling is at 15.4. But the intangibles and the way that Keith Appling commands the court is outrageous. It's so much fun to watch. He's got 102 assists this year. That's really good. <laughs> I mean, and that's with ten games to play. So you can do you can do the math on that one. And Appling is has been more efficient from the field. He's forty five percent, almost forty six percent from the field. Gary Harris is about forty three and a half. And from three point 
Keith Appling, 42%. Gary Harris, just about 34 It's, I mean, it's it's impressive what, what Appling has done. And when you take into account the past, oh, let's say th- three games, I think. Three games for sure, it's been it's been noticeable. He's been dealing with a, a bad wrist, and um, the uh, and you can see it really. the The biggest place you can see it is in his free throw shooting, because there's it's so flat, and it looked better against his shooting looked better against Iowa. So I think his wrist is getting there, um, but yeah. It is, it's, it looks painful, and I know he's fighting through it. And like I said, you mention anything about physical pain or fatigue or any of that, it's immediately waved aside because even if it's there, it doesn't matter. These guys still are are mandatory to this team competing and uh, and staying staying where they are right now. And you think about. Both Harris and Appling are playing thirty or averaging thirty-three minutes a game. I know they've both gone over forty in a couple of the overtime games. It's it's kind of scary, but man, is it impressive that Michigan State is still doing this? They're still just finding ways, and that's what's really impressive. And the beauty of this is this sets up perfectly for for the tournament. Right now, there I can't come up with a single team in the nation that that in a one game playoff, I'm really like, okay, Michigan State has no shot. Every single team, I think Michigan State has a shot once they're healthy. Once they're healthy, whoa, whoa, healthy, healthy Michigan State team, not just any old Michigan State team. A, a Gary Harris, Keith Appling, Brandon Dawson, Adrian Payne, Matt Costello, Michigan State. And uh and let's not forget, I haven't even talked about well, you know we'll we'll keep moving. We'll go to biggest surprise and uh and and then we, we can talk about some of the other unsung ung oh my goodness. Un Sung heroes. Yeah, it's a struggle right now. So, you know what? I just decided. Mark it down. We're having an unsung hero award. Just added. Spur of the moment. Here we go. Your unsung hero, now that I've learned how to say unsung... I'm going to give it to Travis Trice, and here's why. Travis Trice is playing really good basketball right now. In his last, oh, let's see. He is shooting from three-point. First of all, his three-point percentage is higher than his field goal percentage, so think about that. His three-point percentage right now is about 44%. And his field goal percentage is just under 43. So he's on pace with Gary Harris. Granted, way fewer attempts, way fewer minutes, um, and fewer games too because he's been dealing with illness or 
blisters or whatever comes up next for Travis Trice. Honest to God, please, Travis, just stay healthy. Because I really like watching you play basketball. It has nothing to do with the winning and the losing. I just enjoy watching you play basketball. I think it's fun. So anyway, Travis Trice, unsung hero, because let me tell you, Travis Trice, undersized, I, th- I think. And he's been even more undersized because he's he's been losing weight whenever he gets sick. But, man, is he smart. And sometimes he kind of lets the game get away from him a little bit. But he has been lights out. And I love when he comes into the game. And I especially love when he's in there with Appling because I just feel like it, it, it allows Appling to score so much more. And uh, and I didn't even talk about him during the uh, during the uh, Iowa recap. He had he was in double figures with 21 minutes of playing time. He had 10 points, three of five shooting. All three, all five shots that he took were from be, from behind the arc. But he's uh, he had a couple turnovers, but. I really like the way Travis Trice plays basketball because uh, there's something about a little guy going out there and just looking like he's ready to fight anybody on the court, especially the biggest guy out there. I have so much respect for guys that play the game that way, and I think that's how Travis Trice plays. The other guy, he was definitely not unsung. Man, I'm really nailing that word now. Russell Bird, he hit the biggest shot of his entire career against Iowa. Um, man, that was awesome. And I think part of, I mean, obviously he hit that shot with 33 seconds left to put Michigan State up six, just an absolute dagger of a shot. Oh man, it was pretty to see that go in. And it was pure too. That thing had no doubt about it. Anyway, I don't want, I don't want to say this. I don't want to just throw it out there and 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 hope that it becomes true. But what I hope is that that shot that Russell Bird took, I hope that sends him on a tear. I hope it's just because everybody has said Russell Bird was a force. I mean, this is not what everybody has said. This is a fact. Russell Bird was a four-star recruit coming out of Kentucky or coming out of high school. He was recruited by Kentucky just huge huge expectations for the guy and he's been dealing with injuries ever since so the the critique has been he needs to be more confident and he needs to get his confidence back well I can't remember the last time Russell Bird made a three-pointer in a game and I'm not being facetious I'm not being I'm not trying to hyperbolize it that's actually what I believe I I mean the the guy has gone through a lot of stuff to deal with and 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 I can't remember the last time before the Iowa game that he made a three pointer or really any shot because he is mostly a an outside threat but I hope and I I mean yeah, I just, I just really, really hope that the, that that is the shot that just sparks a fire under his butt and he just gets after it. Because if he, I, you almost have too much going on if he turns it on. Because then you've got five guys 
you have you have ten guys basically that you can throw in a rotation. You've got obviously the starting five. Don't need to go over them again. And then after that, you've got Travis Trice, Russell Bird, uh, Kenny Kaminsky, if he can play some defense. Um, Denzel Valentine. And then I'm going to tell you what. I love the way Alvin Ellis plays basketball because he is a true freshman. But when he gets in the game, he looks like he's ready to just start dunking over people. And I think that's pretty awesome. And it's a great thing looking forward to next year. You think about no Keith Appling, probably no Gary Harris, no Adrian Payne. You're going to need that kind of guard that can just take the basketball and say, nah, it's cool, guys, I got this. And I think I think he has that mentality right now. I hope he can keep it. He doesn't get very many minutes right now. Um, kind of makes sense. Uh, but he's uh, he's crushing it right now. And in the minutes that he has, I, th- I think, when he's needed, he picks his spots pretty well, I think. Um, so let's move on here. Our biggest, oh, uh, let's see. Did we already do biggest surprise? I think we did. Yeah, because I did best player, and then I wanted to move on to something else, and I decided to throw an uns- unsung hero. So, biggest surprise this year. I wanna, I wanna give it to Costello. I really do. But, uh, yeah, we're giving it to, we're giving it to the big man Matt Costello because I just think he's progressed so well. And honestly, the biggest surprise for me has been his ability to defend down low. Because last year he came in 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 limited time and he had a couple big swats that were really cool, but black shots are not always, in my mind, they're not always an an indicator of defensive prowess. But he has looked very strong guarding big guys down low and helping uh, helping on drives and and obviously this this most recent game against Iowa if if this is any indication of of what he can be consistently Michigan State is the best team in the nation and i don't i don't like to say i don't like to hyperbolize like i said earlier it's not leaves too much room for error but that's uh that's the way it is right now uh the biggest disappointment for me I'm going to say Dawson and not not because he's not doing well and I think that goes to show just how high expectations were for Brandon Dawson coming into this season because you know the first thing and I think I touched on this last time it the first thing that that I think was produced from the zone other than Midnight Madness before the game started was Blake's feature on Dawson talking about, you know, how he's improved his jump shot and blah, blah, blah. And I really thought Brandon Dawson could be a 15 and 10 kind of guy every night, but he hasn't, he hasn't been that. And he's really kind of, I don't know. 
he had that whole bout with whatever he was dealing with, and he was starting to show signs that he was going to come back and really really start tearing it up again, and then he had to go break his hand, which that's that's just unfortunate. That's That's all you can say about that because I can't tell you how many times I've punched walls and, you know, whatever because I'm mad about something in sports and, they always tell you just hit something soft, and apparently whatever he hit was a little too hard. So it happens, and uh, got to deal with it. And thus far, they've been dealing with it pretty decently. Um, the next thing we're going to look at is me, Hayes' predictions for... Uh, for the Big Ten at the start of the Big Ten season. Right before the Big Ten season started, I uh, I posted a preview. I did a little preview with a guy named Hank Glasner. He got together with, he goes to uh, Indiana, works for uh, Hoops HD. He uh, he got he got a bunch of uh, Michigan, uh, not Michigan State, a bunch of guys that do what I do, and uh, he put together a little preview. Uh, my predictions before the Big Ten season started, Big Ten regular season champions would, be Ohio State not feeling real strong about that one right now, but God knows what could happen in the next month or so. Uh, two months, yeah, it would be pretty much a month. Um, and then the number of Big Ten teams I said would make it to the NBA er, and jeez, oh Pete, it's not the NBA tournament, the NCAA tournament. I said eight teams could make it. Uh, I don't think that's too far fetched if you look at uh. If you look at what the Big Ten has done to itself, it I, like I said, it's the, it's the SEC football conundrum, so I'm not going to say that it's just so stacked top to bottom that this is what happens. But right off just reading names here, Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Ohio State, um, I think Illinois should make it. I really like Illinois. I think they're playing good basketball. Um, there's a lot of teams, though, that that out of conference are just kind of right on the bubble. So maybe they won't get eight teams. Because right now I think your bubble teams from the Big Ten are... I think Nebraska should get a look. Um, I think Purdue could get a look. Um, probably not Penn State. So I still feel pretty good about that number eight. And I said four teams will make it to the Sweet 16. I don't see any reason why Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, and Ohio State or Wisconsin can't do it. And don't sleep on Minnesota either. They're a really, really quality ball club. And uh, so I think I think you can pick any one of those five teams. There was any one, two, three, four. So six teams. There's those are the six that are for, that I think for sure are going to make it in. Um, I think any any four of those six will for sure make it to the Sweet Sixteen. Um, and I I don't see any reason right now why two Big Ten teams can't be in the Final Four. Just with the kind of the kind of talent that these teams are running out right now. And I'll be honest, I haven't watched much of the other, many of the other conferences. Um, there's only so many hours in a day. 
for me to watch college basketball and amongst other things i eat homework sorry my mom listens to this we got to keep her happy uh so that's that's where i'm at right now and and that's this is so it's so tough to tough to really really get a good handle on it right now because like i said the big 10 is just eating itself and we won't know how great these teams are until we get into the tournament. And honestly, this is the kind of year where I watch the NIT to see what, oh, I don't know. Um, like who? Okay, so let's say let's say Indiana doesn't make the tournament, which would be an absolute just that I think Bloomington would burn. So this is the kind of year where I go, I watch the NIT if it's on, and I say, okay, what's Nebraska doing against the rest of these teams? What is Illinois doing if they, for some reason, don't make it in? And you just, you just wonder how how that's going to be. And then you watch that those NIT games, and that's where you take next year. You say, okay. This is what this guy did against this team, and this is, you know, you can start to really see where those middle, how how the Big Ten's middle stacks up, middle and lower, how that stacks up with the SECs and the Big 12s and whoever else, you, you start to see where they're, where they stack up with those other middle teams. It's just like the lower bowls in bowl season. So those are my – so there's my predictions. And I'm standing by I – st- I think Michigan State has a chance to win the Big Ten tournament. They definitely have a chance to win the Big Ten regular season outright. Really, I just want to make sure that Michigan State doesn't have to share with Michigan. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, God, it sounded so bad when it left my mouth. Let's share the Big Ten regular season with Michigan. Ugh. I don't want to share anything with Michigan. No, thank you. I would borderline, borderline, borderline rather have Michigan win it outright than have Michigan State have to share with Michigan. It's just not. It's not the way it's supposed to work. There's no ties. This is not soccer. I don't want to tie. Let's do point differential. Let's have a let's have a three point shooting contest. Only they can't use Nick Stauskas. Obviously, this is all just way far ahead. But I think I think worst case scenario, Michigan State shares with Michigan for Big Ten regular season title, and I don't see Michigan State losing in the Big Ten tournament. Once that calendar flips to March, Tom Izzo turns it up to a whole nother level, and Tom Izzo it is is at an absolutely outrageously high level right now. I don't think I said this earlier. I meant to. After this after this stretch that Michigan State has had, I think one of two things have to be true. Either either one of these two things or both has to be true. Either Tom Izzo is the best coach in the nation or Michigan State top to bottom has the most talented roster in the nation. I don't know which one's which 
or if they're both true, or if a mixture of both of them creates a whole truth. But that is what I've seen from this team. And their resiliency is unbelievable. It's it's just fantastic. So uh, right now, uh, I did uh, did some recording with uh, one of our one of our beat writers. Uh, she's been doing the previews for us. She's been doing a really nice job. Did a uh, did some recording with uh, Haley. Um, we had a little chat about uh, about Mr. Kenny Kaminsky, and uh, and just kind of his role that he's had on the team so far. So uh, we'll play play our little chat about about Kenny. Um, just hitting back on your Kaminsky thing, just to end things with. And how that was brought up and how he has been such a big asset since Gary Harris' shooting has been pretty poor lately. Um, if you really look at it, though, Kenny Kaminsky, his shots wouldn't be so clutch if it wasn't for Gary Harris scoring those points and actually getting us into the game and keeping us in the game. Yeah, Kenny, he makes the big shots when we need them most and when they count, but we can't take anything away from Harris because he's the one keeping us in. He's the one getting us to those overtimes and... Um, ultimately helping us win in those overtimes. So that's a great point, actually. I I didn't even think about that. Um, that yeah, that is the way it is, and and you know, yeah, exactly what you said. He kept us in that Minnesota game. He hit the shots that we needed him to hit, and same in that Northwestern game too. He had a nice three ball that kind of kept it close. And but. But you're you're dead on, and that's a that's a great way to think about it. Is as great as Kenny Kaminsky has been, it's great because of what his teammates around him have been doing. So to focus in and just to look at, first of all, comparing uh, uh, Harris and Kaminsky is borderline apples and oranges because Gary Harris can drive the hole. He can. He had an absolutely unbelievable strip last night on a guy on Northwestern going to the hoop. Just, <laughs> it was awesome. It was fun to watch. He just grabbed the ball and said, I'm going to take this from you, and you don't get to score any points. And that's that's always good. Um, but, yeah, it, that's 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 great analysis right there. And, and, uh, and it's because of... Keith Appling and, and Gary Harris and, and Harris's ability to go to the hoop and play defense and all that stuff that, that makes Kaminsky's I think that's that makes his his triumphs that much more important and it greatly diminishes his shortcomings. And I think she hit the nail right on the head and, and thank thank you again, Haley, for coming in. Uh, but it's true. He's had some huge shots, but let's not Let's not overthink about why those shots were so big and and who created the uh, the opportunity for those big shots. And I'm not just saying who had the assist. I'm saying who did what earlier in the game to put Michigan State and Kenny Kaminsky in that position. So uh, I I don't know what else to say. There's just I I don't think, especially after the Iowa game, and especially losing to Michigan by five when they were down two of their best players, and and uh, and just just fighting. 
I think that's that's what's great about this team is they are just fighting. And I hope that they keep this mentality when those guys get back. And because if they can, like I said, there's there's just nowhere to go but up. And that's what's crazy. Michigan State is 19-2, and two, and I think they can only improve from where they're at right now. That is nuts. That's not that's not supposed to be the way it works. It's supposed to be okay, 19 and 2. We're really happy with where we're at. Let's just keep doing what we're doing and keep on rolling. Uh-uh. Michigan State is is pro, is getting deeper every single game they have to play without Dawson and uh Without Dawson and Payne, you're getting minutes for those guys that, that don't always get the minutes. So that in the tournament, God forbid, but I'm sure it's going to come up, should Payne or Dawson or any of the guys, really, Costello, if any of those guys goes down or gets into foul trouble, which is very, very likely, you're going to have guys that have been in games and big games, not just, you know, New Orleans or whoever the heck whoever the heck else Michigan State played. McNeese. There's they've been playing in high-level, high-pressure games. And that's something that you can't duplicate in practice and you can't duplicate that against teams that don't have the kind of talent that Iowa and Michigan and Pretty much every other team in the Big Ten has. So, I, I just am enjoying this. And I think that's that's the biggest thing that I... And it's, it's... Games like the Iowa game make me wonder how there are people in this world who don't like sports. Who don't... Who just plain don't get it. And you know what? If, if that's the way you roll, I don't get art. So... I guess we're even on that one. Not really, but <laughs> that's that's the way it goes. And uh and this is just so much fun to watch because Tom Izzo said at uh, at halftime of the uh of the game the uh the ESPN I apologize I don't know her name, but she asked him what uh, kind of what was going on, and he said, "We got some weird guys out there right now, and that's that's where they're at." You know, Brandon Dawson was playing the five before he went down because they needed him. It's uh, it's just a hodgepodge, but it's working, and I love it. But. Nothing wrong with nine and two in the big uh, overall, eight and one in the Big Ten. Just keep it up, and if Michigan State can end up with a, at least a share of the Big Ten regular season title, I think they get a number one seed into the tournament easy. Which not, it's always good to be a number one seed because then you're always playing the highest available seed. No, that's not true. Hmm. Usually. So, my name is Andrew Hayes. 
the host of the Impact Is On. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at IsOwnHaze22. I swear I know my own Twitter handle. Uh, I don't usually live tweet from the games from there, but uh, usually tweet uh, from sitting sitting on the couch watching other games, or if Michigan State is on the road, I'll uh, I'll give reaction sometimes in all caps if I get really excited. Uh, be sure to follow MSU Impact Sports. That is exactly what the name of the Twitter handle is for all of the Impact. Lots of stuff for. Uh, Red Wings hockey, lots of stuff for women's basketball, just lots of great content coming out everywhere. Be sure to give our Facebook page a like, MSU Impact Sports. We just eclipsed, uh, let's see, we were at 1,000 last night. We uh, bumped it up a little bit. Today, we are at, we're, we're pushing 1,300. And uh, if I had stuff to give away, I would give stuff away if you were whatever number like. But first of all, I don't know how to keep track of such things. And secondly, I don't have much to give away. So uh, you're just going to have to deal with that. Um, Be sure I have guys. I wish I could give you a, a preview on that Georgetown game. But to be completely honest with you, I have not watched enough Georgetown basketball to give you any kind of idea what's coming but i can tell you that georgetown is 11 and 10 or 11 and 9 and have not looked great in what is largely considered a fairly soft big east conference this year anyway my name is andrew hayes thanks for listening be back next week and go green